ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whomever Allah guides there's no one that can lead him astray and whomever Allah leads astray there's no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. We would like to begin this sixth lecture or talk concerning the explanation of the essay or the risala of Imam Ahmed rahimahullah usul as-sunnah. Uh, in the last lecture we discussed briefly the topic concerning al-qadr wal-qada the divine pre-decree predestination pre-measurement pre-ordination or by whatever word we may translate it into english in that topic we mentioned four main points that the islamic belief in al-qadr wal-qada contains four main points the first of them al-ilm that allah has knowledge of everything from the beginning of time from before he created the heavens and the earth until the last day he has perfect knowledge of everything and this is the first point of our belief in al-qadr wal qada the second point is that allah had everything written in al-lawh al-mahfuz that the preserved tablet according to his knowledge everything that was going to happen the actions of Allah himself as well as the actions of his creatures the third point is that nothing happens except by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether he is pleased with it or even of those things that he is not pleased with but he willed it to be for some wisdom divine wisdom that is known to him if not known to the human beings and finally that Allah is the creator of everything of the human beings as well as the actions of the human beings that nothing exists except that Allah is the creator of it there are not two creators the creator of good and the creator of evil but Allah is the creator of everything this is in brief what we discussed in our last lecture uh though there are many points that we didn't cover and some that we just passed through quickly uh let me just remind everyone that there is uh, a lecture on this topic that discussed other points which we didn't mention in the lecture last week another lecture uh that was done previously concerning the islamic belief in al-qada wal qada whoever is interested they may uh ask for that lecture on cassette tape or may refer to those references that we gave out last week uh those books or essays dealing with the subject of al-qada wal qada uh al-imam ahmed he said what we read from last week uh where we will continue now 
زد من السنة اللازمة التي من ترك منها خصلة لم يقبلها ويؤمن بها لم يكن من أهلها that of those things those essential or obligatory matters of the deen of the sunnah of our aqidah and our way of life of those obligatory things which whoever leaves one of them even one of those things he doesn't accept it or doesn't believe in it then he would not be of the people of sunnah or the people of islam the first of those things he said is al-qadr the divine decree khayrihi wa sharrihi the good and the evil of it and the second of them which we want to continue with today is the belief that the Quran is the speech of Allah and Imam Ahmed says وَالْقُرْآنُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَلَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقِ وَلَا يَدْعُفُ أَنْ يَقُولَ لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقِ قَالْ وَأَنَّ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ بِبَائِنٍ مِنْهُ وَلَيْسَ شَيْءٌ مِنْهُ مَخْلُوقًا and the Quran is the speech of Allah or the word of Allah. It is not created. The Quran is not a created thing. It is the speech of Allah. And no one should be too weak to declare this fact that the Quran is not created. And that the word of Allah, and also we should declare that the word of Allah, the speech of Allah, the kalam of Allah is not something distinct and separate from him that is the kalam of Allah or the speech of Allah is not an entity distinct and separate independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself and that not a single thing of Allah of his characteristics or his actions is created nothing of Allah is created not his speech nor his hearing, nor his seeing, nor his creating, or any other of his characteristics, whether they are those things of action, like creating and providing, or those characteristics that are characteristics of himself, of his self, such as his hearing, or his seeing, or his knowledge, or his hands, or his face, and so on. Keeping in mind, of course, that all of the characteristics of Allah that Allah has a face or Allah has hands or the actions of Allah that Allah sees and hears are not like the characteristics or the actions of human beings. Allah is the creator and all of his characteristics and actions are suitable to his majesty and glory as the creator who has the actions and the characteristics of the created things are appropriate and suitable to their being a part of creation. So there is a difference between the creator and, that, and those things that he created and so also his characteristics and his actions are different than the characteristics and the actions of the human beings even though they may be named or called by the same word. We say that the human being sees and Allah sees but the seeing of Allah is not the same as the seeing of the human beings. This is a matter inshallah that we will discuss at another time but we just mention it here in passing. Al-Imam Ahmed goes on to say, وَإِيَّاكَ وَمُنَاظَرَةَ مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِيهِ وَمَنْ قَالَ بِاللَّفْظِ وَغَيْرِهِ And beware of argumentation or disputing or debating with whomever says or whoever innovates in this matter. Yani whoever comes with a belief or an idea 
that is innovative, that is not based on the Quran and Sunnah or the understanding of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Whoever innovates in this matter, in this belief that the Quran is the speech of Allah and it is not created, don't argue with them, don't debate with them. Whoever innovates in this matter and whoever says that his recitation of the Quran or his expression of the Quran on his tongue, that this is created or other such claims, Whoever such, says such a thing, then we should not argue and debate with them. If the person truly doesn't understand, we can bring them, inshallah, proofs from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah and from the sayings of the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and those who came after them from amongst the Muslim scholars to show what is the correct belief. If they accept it, alhamdulillah, and if they reject it, we don't debate and argue with them. He said also, beware of debating with those who... من وقف فيه فقال لا أدري مخلوق أو ليس بمخلوق وإنما هو كلام الله Also whoever hesitates in this matter and says I do not know whether it is created or not created and says only it is the word of Allah without clarifying or defining or making clear that not only is it the word of Allah, but it is not created. Whoever says such a thing, then that person is also of the people of innovation. And he is just like the one who says that it is created. Then finally, Imam Ahmed says, وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَلَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ The correct statement and the correct belief about the Qur'an is that verily it is the word of Allah, it is the speech of Allah, and it is not created. It is the speech of Allah, and it is not created. A Shaykh Abdullah ibn Jibreen, in his explanation of the essay of Imam Ahmed that we are studying, he says, after mentioning these words, that the Quran is the speech of Allah and is not created, he said that of those issues, which the earlier scholars, as well as the later contemporary scholars, have spoken about is the issue of the Qur'an. The people of Sunnah hold that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. Allah has revealed it or sent it down upon the heart of His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah spoke by these words in reality, Allah's speech is real speech. And Allah ordered that it be written, that His speech, this Qur'an, be written in the preserved tablet, Allah al-Mahfuz. He also ordered that it be written in the suhuf, in the scriptures, the books of scriptures, the Qur'an itself. And He also ordered that it be written in the musahif, the books that we read from when we want to recite Qur'an that the Qur'an is written between the covers of the Masahif. Allah spoke the Qur'an in reality and He ordered that it be written in the Lawh al-Mahfud, the preserved tablet, and the revelation that was revealed as well as in the books that we read from. In spite of this, it being written and being read and so on, that does not negate the fact that it is the speech of Allah. The people who denied this, 
were various groups. The most famous amongst them are the Mu'tazila and the Ibatiya. Those people who are now today in the southern part of the Arabian Peninsula called Oman. And others besides them also uh, denied the fact that the Quran is the speech of Allah and that it is not created. They said that it is created and they considered it to be like other created things. But the people of Sunnah, they refuted them and clarified that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does speak in fact. He speaks whenever He wills and however He wills. And His speech is of two types. It is originally, eternally, a characteristic of Allah. From the very beginning before He created the heavens and the earth, He had the characteristic, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the characteristic and the ability to speak. This is one side of looking at the speech of Allah, and the other side is that from time to time, as Allah wills and whenever He wills, He does in fact speak. And part of those, or part of the speech of Allah from which Allah has spoken is this Qur'an as well as the other revelations. The people of Sunnah refuted those who said that the Qur'an is created. As well as they refuted those who hesitated to take a stand. Who said, I don't know if it is created or not created. And the people of Sunnah ordered the believers to take a stand, to be firm on the fact that the Qur'an is in fact the speech of Allah and it is not created. They said, the scholars of Sunnah, and inshallah we will read some of the statements of the scholars of Sunnah in their books of Aqidah, of Islamic belief. They said that the Qur'an, it started from Allah. Yani the first time that this speech was spoken, it was from Allah. Even though, after that it was revealed by Jibril, it was written in books, the Mus'haf, and it was recited by the people. But nonetheless, it is originally from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself and it will return to him. So it is not permissible to say that his speech is something created. Not its recitation, nor its meaning. But all of it, in any form that it came, it is the speech of Allah. He spoke it in reality. And we affirm that the speech of Allah is a characteristic. It is a characteristic or a sifa equality or description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He speaks whenever He wills, as He wills. But we don't say how is it speaking. We affirm that Allah speaks. The how of it, is it something like what we know as speech in the human beings or the creatures? We don't know how. How is His speech? And we don't enter into those matters of the unseen that the human being cannot understand or cannot know. But we say that such things of the matters of the unseen, these things we leave it to the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the end of what Shaykh Abdullah ibn Jibreen says. Let me just add here though as a point of clarification that as some of the scholars said, just as the speech of the human being is really speech, and so the speech of the bird, for example, or an animal, a horse, they have a voice that they speak with. It is different. The 
speaking of the horse is different than the bird, that's different than the human being, and so on. All of it is considered speech, but each, the speech of each creature is different from one another, and so also if we accept the fact that the speech of every creature is different, but it is still considered to be speech, then so also the speech of Allah is real speech, but it is not like the speech of any of His creatures. It is reported in authentic hadith in the Sunan of Abu Dawood and others on the authority of Abu Huraira. And this hadith was reported or it was narrated by Imam Abu Dawood rahimahullah as he heard it from his teacher Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal. And he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said al-mira'u fil-Qur'ani kufrun that arguing and disputing about the Qur'an is disbelief. Al-Imam Abu Dawood entitled the chapter in which he narrated this hadith An-Nahi an al-Jidal fil-Qur'an the prohibition of arguing about the Qur'an. The scholars differed about the exact meaning of this hadith what is the meaning that it is prohibited to argue about the Qur'an? One of the scholars who explained the sunan of Abu Dawood, Al-Khattabi, Rahimahullah, he said that the people differed about the explanation of this hadith, Al-Mira'u fil-Qur'an kufran. He said, he mentioned various opinions. He said some of the people said the meaning is that Al-Mira'u, it means a shak doubt. Having doubt about the Qur'an is kufr. And if in fact the meaning is a shak, then for sure to doubt the truthfulness of the Qur'an is kufr. Because we know that the Qur'an is the word of Allah. So we cannot doubt even one word or one letter of that which came in the Qur'an. He said also, some of the people said that the meaning of arguing about the Qur'an is kufr. It means the type of argumentation that causes doubt or confusion in the minds of the people. To argue in such a way, to confuse one another... This is the meaning of this hadith to argue about the Qur'an as kufr. And although for sure if that's the meaning we can understand that we shouldn't engage in such argumentation that leads to doubt and confusion in ourselves or in others. Al-Khutabi also said that another opinion is that the meaning here means arguing and disputing about the recitations of the Qur'an. That means the manner in which the Qur'an is recited. As you know, the Qur'an was revealed in seven different modes. Some slight different ways that it may be recited according to the dialects of the Arabic language. And the Prophet ﷺ taught the people all of those ways and confirmed them. And they are all considered to be acceptable. Uh, if anyone argues with someone about any one of those recitations and says this is not the Qur'an, then this may also lead to kufr or disbelief because he would then be denying the Qur'an itself if someone read according to any one of those accepted manners of reading the Qur'an. And finally he mentioned a last opinion which is probably, uh, yeah, I mean, it adds to the previous opinions and maybe is more comprehensive than all of them. He said that, this hadith that arguing about the Qur'an is kufr, perhaps its meaning is uh, arguing about the Qur'an 
in terms of the ayat of the Quran or the verses of the Quran that deal with sub- such subjects as Al-Qadr, divine decree, or Al-Wa'id, the threatened punishment for doing evil deeds, and other such things that are related, that the philosophers and the people who relied on their intellect to explain the Quran argued about. That arguing about such ayats or such verses of the Quran whose meaning is accepted and clear to the people of Sunnah, but the people who deviated argued about and debated about and twisted their meanings, that the meaning here is arguing in, about the Qur'an in these such issues. And it doesn't mean arguing about the ahkam or the rulings, or such subjects as what is halal and haram, the things that are prohibited or lawful, uh, because for sure, if the people differ about what is lawful or unlawful or what is the correct ruling in any matter in Islam, this is something that took place amongst the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They differed amongst themselves in such things and they used the Quran as a proof, each one, for what he considered to be correct in terms of what is lawful or unlawful or commanded or prohibited and so on. So they differed about some rulings and they used the Qur'an to prove their point. And none of them felt any hesitation to use the Qur'an to prove a point in such rulings of what is lawful or unlawful, or that which is commanded, or that which is prohibited, and so on. And Allah said in the Qur'an, in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 59, فَإِن تَنَازَعَتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرَدُّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ That means, if any one of you, or if you, people differ in something, then you should refer it back to Allah and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That means we should go back and use as a proof in whatever we differ about, we should finalize or come to some conclusion based on what we find in the Book of Allah, the Quran, or in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So in differing in such matters as legal rulings, there's no harm in using the Quran. But the meaning here should be in arguing about those things which the people who deviated twisted its meanings, but the people of Sunnah confirmed their meanings, then we shouldn't debate or argue about such things in the Qur'an. Also, Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah, the Imam of the people of Medina, he said that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah Azza wa Jalla and we find disgust in those people who say Al-Qur'an makhluk those who say that the Qur'an is created he also said that those people who so say such a thing that the Qur'an is created they should be beat and they should be imprisoned until they die Al-Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah he said that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah it is not created Al-Qur'an Kalamullah Ghayr Makhluk And whoever says that the Qur'an is created فَهُوَ kafir. Such a person who says that the Qur'an is created, he is a kafir. This is the statement of Imam al-Shafi'i. So we should try to keep in mind that it is simple enough for us to just acknowledge that which uh, the companions of the Prophet understood and transmitted to us, as well as their students, the tabi'un who came after them, and those who came after them from amongst the imams 
and the scholars of the Muslims from the earlier generations until the later times and to avoid what those people said who deviated from that which came to us clearly. Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, the great scholar of Hadith, Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Ismail, he said that his teacher, Ibn Uyayna, Sufyan ibn Uyayna, rahimahullah, said, Allah has made the creation, khalq, distinct and separate from the command, al-amr. In one verse in the Qur'an, where Allah mentions, إِنَّ رَبَّكُمْ اللَّهُ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْأَرْشِ That Allah, verily your Lord, is Allah who created the heavens and the earth in six days, and then He rose above His throne. And He caused the night to overcome the day, and so on. He mentioned things from the creation, until finally He said, أَلَا لَهُ الْخَلْقُ وَالْأَمْرُ فَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Surely his, that is, it belongs to Allah, both the creation and the command. Blessed be Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. Here, Sufyan ibn Uyayna said that Allah made a distinction between the creation, the things that Allah created, and the command, the command being the word of Allah or his speech. So this makes us to know that Allah's speech or his command is not part of his creation, but it is separate from the creation, it is part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Also, Al-Bukhari said in his book, Khalq Afa'al Al-Ibad, the creation of the actions of the human beings, that Allah has created the actions of the human beings. In this, in discussion of this issue, he said that Al-Hakim ibn Muhammad ibn Tabari, whom I wrote or copied down information from him in Mecca, said that Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, I have met with our leaders, our scholars, our sheikhs for 70 years. And amongst them was Amr ibn Dinar, one of the great scholars of the Salaf. And they used to say, all of them, for 70 years he said, I met with the scholars and they all said that the Quran is the speech of Allah and it is not created. The saying of the earlier scholars the correct saying of the earlier scholars is that the Qur'an which is written in the Mus'haf, in the books that we read from in Arabic language, as well as that which is memorized in the hearts of the human beings, as well as that which is recited upon the tongues, is the uncreated speech of Allah. That which is in the Mus'haf, that which is in the hearts memorized by people, that which is on the tongue that is recited, all of this is the speech of Allah and it is not created. However, due to the fact that the human voice, the human voice and the movement of one's tongue are created actions, the innovators innovated this unclear statement that my recitation of the Qur'an is created. This statement is not very clear. It might possibly have one of two meanings and depending on what they mean by it, then it could be a correct statement or incorrect statement, but since it's unclear, the scholars warned us from saying such a thing. This saying, my recitation of the Qur'an is created, leads to the previous saying, that is, that the Qur'an itself is created. Therefore, the scholars uh, warned against such a statement. One of the scholars, Al-Ajuri, who died in the year 360 of the Hijra, said in his book, Al-Shari'a, Know that the saying of the Muslims whose hearts have not deviated from the truth 
and those who are guided to what is correct in the past and present is that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, the mighty, the majestic. It is not created since the Qur'an is from the knowledge of Allah, the Most High. The knowledge of Allah is not created. High is Allah, the mighty and the majestic, above such a thing. This is proven by the Qur'an, the Sunnah, the sayings of the companions and the sayings of the scholars of the Muslims. Also, the scholars mentioned so many things which are proofs. Time will not allow us to discuss them all, but let me just mention a few of the ayahs from the Qur'an as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah in his book of Aqeedah, Al-Aqeedah, Al-Wasatiyah, he mentioned about the affirmation of the speech of Allah or affirming that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah to refute those who said that the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah or that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah but it is created. He mentioned so many proofs. We'll just read a few of them because there are too many to mention. One of them, he said, the saying of Allah, وَمَنْ أَسْتَقُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا And who is truer in speech or in statement than Allah. This is the proof that Allah does in fact speech. And another saying of Allah, وَمَنْ أَسْتَقُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا and whose words can be truer than those of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah does in fact speak. And in another place in the Quran, وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَ بْنَ مَرْيَمْ When Allah, remember when Allah said, يَا عِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمْ O Isa, the son of Mary, alayhi salam. Allah actually spoke these words, يَا عِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمْ This is the Quran. وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ When Allah said, these words. Does Allah not speak? And in another place in the Quran, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا And Allah did in fact speak to Moses السلام, peace be upon him with real speech. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا In case anyone would doubt that Allah did in fact speak, he says and affirms that he did speak saying, كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا And also in the Quran where Allah says, وَنَادَاهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا أَلَمْ أَنْهَكُمَا أَنْ تِلْكُمَا الشَّجَرَةِ When Allah would call out to both of them, that is Adam and Eve, uh, when their Lord would call out to them and say, أَلَمْ أَنْهَكُمَا Didn't I prohibit the two of you أَنْ تِلْكُمَا الشَّجَرَةِ Didn't I prohibit you to from that tree, يعني from taking from that tree, Allah actually spoke to Adam and Eve with these words as the Quran says. And in another place, Allah says in the Quran, وَيَوْمَ يُنَادِيهِمْ فَيَقُولُ On the day when Allah will call out to them, and He will say, Allah Himself will say, مَاذَا أَجَبْتُمُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ How will you, or how did you answer the prophets or the messengers when they came to you? And there are so many of these ayahs in the Quran. Uh, also Allah said, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ سَلَامَ اللَّهِ And if or when or if any one of the mushrikeen, the pagan disbelievers, if they seek refuge in you, then give them refuge long enough until they can يَسْمَعَ سَلَامَ اللَّهِ Until they may hear the actual speech of Allah. What speech will they hear? Meaning they will hear the Qur'an so that they would know about Islam. What speech would they hear? They would hear the Qur'an being recited and Allah said, he called that speech that they would hear, the recitation of Qur'an, 
he said that that is the kalam Allah, the speech of Allah. And there are so many other verses like this and so many other proofs to show that in fact Allah does speak, speak and Allah did speak and he will speak in the future and on the day of resurrection and so on. Just quickly, if I could mention a few of the statements of the scholars about this, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, Abu Ja'afa, Ahmed ibn Muhammad Al-Tahawi, who died in the year 321 in his book Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah, he makes a few statements about the speech of Allah, and he says in his book in one place that verily the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. It came from him, بِلَا قَوْلًا It came from Allah, or it started from Allah, as real speech, without explaining, we don't explain how is Allah's speech. We say that Allah did in fact speak, but the how of it is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a rule, inshallah, that we need to discuss at some point in the future. The rule amongst the scholars, and that rule is very famously mentioned, or it is famous uh, from the saying of Imam Malik, rahimahullah, uh, when he was asked about how Allah ascended above the throne, and he said that Allah's ascending above the throne is well known, uh, to believe in it is obligatory. The how of it is not known, and whoever, uh, and to speak about it or to try to explain it is yani, innovation. This statement of Imam Malik and other scholars before him and after him make us to know that we should affirm whatever Allah has said about himself and whatever the Prophet ﷺ has said about Allah. He is the best knower about Allah that is from amongst the human beings. We must affirm it, but we don't explain the how of it. How Allah ascended, we don't know, but we say that He ascended. How Allah descends, we don't know the how of it, but we affirm that He descends because He Himself said that He descends and the Prophet ﷺ also said it. So the speech of Allah, we affirm it, but the how of it, we don't discuss. He said that this was, it was revealed to His Messenger, that is the Qur'an was sent down to His Messenger as revelation. And the believers believed in it, that it is really true. And they were certain that it is the speech of Allah in reality. Bil-haqiqah. It is real speech of Allah. Laysa bi-makhluq. It is not created. Ka-kalam al-barriya. It is not created like the speech of human beings. And then Al-Imam al-Tahawi says, And whoever heard it and claims that it is the speech of human beings, taqad kafar. Then he has disbelieved. And Allah blamed those people and he criticized them. And he threatened them with hellfire. Uh, those people who try to say uh, that the Qur'an is the speech of human beings, in هذا إلا قول البشر Whoever said that verily this is the, just the speech of human beings, then Allah said to them, فَأُسْلِيهِ فَقَرْ Then He will throw them into the hellfire for saying such a thing, uh, for comparing the speech of Allah to the speech of human beings, because the speech of human beings is created, but the speech of Allah is uncreated. And he also mentions some proofs about this, which inshallah we will have to leave for another time. Uh, also, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, in another place in his book, Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah, he says that we do not argue about the Qur'an. We bear witness that it is the speech of the Lord of the world. It was sent down by Ar-Ruh Al-Amin, by the faithful spirit, that is the angel Jibril, angel Gabriel. And he taught it to the leader or the master of the messengers, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it is the speech of Allah ta'ala, the Most High. Nothing is equal to it, or nothing from amongst the speech of created beings is equal to the speech of Allah. We do not say that it is created, 
and we do not oppose or contradict that which we found the Muslims, Jama'atul Muslimin, Ta'ani affirming. They confirm that it is the speech of Allah and that it is not created. Also, Al-Imam Abu Muhammad Al-Hassan Ibn Ali Al-Barbahari in his book Shar'u Sunnah, he said something similar to this in his book, The Explanation of the Creed, which is translated into English. Uh, he said, the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, it is his revelation and his light, it is not created, because the Qur'an is from Allah, and whatever is from Allah, it could never be created. And, and so also, or in su- such a thing also has been said, Al-Imam Barbahari says, this is also the statement of Malik ibn Anas, that is Al-Imam Malik ibn Anas, rahimahullah, and Ahmed ibn Hanbal, and the scholars of Sikh, before them and after them. وَالْمِرَاءُ fihi kufra, And arguing or disputing about such a thing, that is that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, and that it is not created. Disputing about it is kufr. He also said in another place in his book, No, that whoever says that my recitation of the Qur'an is created, then he is an innovator. And whoever remains silent, he didn't say it's created, nor that it is uncreated. Then he is a jahami. He is of the people who denied the names of Allah and the characteristics or attributes of Allah. This is, yani, Al-Imam Al-Barwahari says, this is what the people before us said amongst them, Al-Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal. And finally, uh, Al-Imam Muwafaq al-Din, Abu Muhammad Abdullah ibn Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Qadama, a very famous scholar of fiqh of the Hanbali Madhab. And he is also uh, in here in his book about the Islamic Aqeedah, Al-Um'atul Atiqad, Al-Hadi ila Sabil al-Rashad. He died in the year 620. He also speaks about this, as all of the scholars did. And I'm only mentioning some of the statements of the scholars to show that this is something agreed upon. This is not the opinion of some contemporary scholar, but this is the opinion of those from the first generation of the Muslims until today. Al-Imam Ibn Qadama, he said that of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Quran Al-Azim, the great Quran. It is the book of Allah, the clear book of Allah, and it is the, the strong rope of Allah, and it is the straight path. It is the revelation of the Lord of the worlds. He sent it down by the faithful spirit, that is Jibril, upon the heart of the leader of the messengers, in Arabic, in clear Arabic language. It is, this, it is revealed and it is غَيْرُ makhluk. it is not created. It came from Allah, it originated from Allah and will return to Him. And then he goes on to say that it, it has chapters which are يعني, very clear, and it has ayats which are clear, and it has letters and words. It has a beginning, it has an ending, it has parts, it is recited on the tongue. Yani the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, it is recited on the tongues of human beings. And it is memorized in the hearts of human beings. And it is heard by the ears of human beings. And it is written down in the Musaif or the books that are in the hands of human beings. It has those things which are very clear that we stand upon. And it has those things that could have more than one meaning, which if we are in doubt about it, we return to the clear meanings. It has those things which abrogate and those things which are abrogated. It has some things which are particular and some which are general. It has commands and prohibitions. Here he just discussed some points about the Qur'an. And the main thing about it all is that, uh, that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. No matter in what form it came, whether it was in uh, recitation or written 
or whatever. All of it is the speech of Allah. Uh, that's what I wanted to say about this point. The Quran is the speech of Allah. And let me just mention that there's a handout here, which is an article entitled Allah's Speech and the Quran. And it mentions uh, some further points and some discussion about the speech of Allah and the, the different types of the speech of Allah uh, and the proofs from the Quran and Sunnah and Ijma and from the intellect and some of the points of those people who dis, uh, who, uh, who differed with the scholars from our early generations and who differed with that which is clearly mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah and some of their false claims and the correct belief about those false claims. He mentioned in this article, so please pay attention to it. But the only point that I want to draw attention to about this article is that he mentions here a, one of the rules concerning the names of Allah and the characteristics or attributes of Allah, uh, the asma of Allah and his sifat. He says that we, this is a basic rule that we apply to all of the characteristics of Allah and one of these characteristics is the speech of Allah. He said that we should not uh, compare it to the speech of human beings or any characteristic of Allah. We should not compare it to human beings. We should not negate its meaning. We should not distort its meaning or change it to some other meaning. And nor should we try to explain the how of it. These are four principles that the scholars have agreed upon that we don't uh, make um, tahrif or distorting the meaning of the characteristics of Allah, trying to change their meaning to some other meaning nor do we make ta'atil or negation of their meaning, trying to negate the real meaning of it and just only affirm the wording without any meaning, nor do we make tashbih or tamthil or comparing it to anything of the created beings, uh, nor should we um, try to or make taqyif or explanation of the how of it. So please refer to this article, inshallah, for further details. Inshallah, in the last few minutes, since we have some time left, the second point that Imam Ahmed mentions from amongst those obligatory things that is mandatory for us to accept them completely and to believe in them and whoever rejects them, he would not be of the people of Sunnah is Al-Imanu Bil-Ra'yati Yawm Al-Qiyamati Kama Ruya Anna Nabiya Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Fil-Ahadith Al-Siha To have faith in the Ra'ya that Allah will be seen on the Day of Judgment as, as it has been reported from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in authentic hadith. There's much to be said about this, but in brief, uh, Al-Imam or Al-Shaykh uh, Abdullah ibn Jibreel in his explanation of Usul Sunnah, he says about this point that from the fundamentals of the Sunnah or the belief of the Islamic Aqeedah is that is the faith or the belief or the affirmation that the believers, the mu'minun, that they will see their Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life. They will see him in the paradise. As Allah wills. And the ahadith or the sayings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this matter are confirmed and authentic. So there is no consideration to those who denied that Allah would be seen. And they rejected the confirmed hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in this matter. There is no consideration of their denial of such. As for the how, we would see Allah in the same way that we explain the how of Allah's speech. Also, how we would see Him, we cannot say how. But we affirm as Allah affirmed and as the Prophet ﷺ, uh, affirmed that He would be seen by the believers. The how of it, we don't know. 
except that it will actually happen. It will be something that the believers will experience. They will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their eyes. And this seeing of Allah, it is the greatest of the bounties or the blessings or the favors that the believers will experience in paradise. And this seeing of Allah has been uh, explained by the word al-ziyadah uh, in the saying of Allah لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا الْحُسْنَى وَزِيَادَةً That is, for those who did good, who believed in Allah and did good deeds, they will have al-husna, meaning al-paradise, the paradise, and they would also have waziyada. The scholars from among Sahaba and Tabi'een and those who came after them said that this ziyada, as they narrated it authentically from the Prophet ﷺ, means the ru'ya or the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was also explained in the books of Tafsir that this seeing of Allah was referred to by the word al-mazid in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lahum ma yasha'una fiha waladayna mazid. That the believers, those who believe and did good deeds, they would have in paradise whatever they wanted, whatever they desired. They would have all of that in the paradise, waladayna mazid, and we also, that is Allah also, has something more than that. Whatever they thought that they wanted and whatever they desired, after all of that was given to them, they would have something more than that mazid extra. And that mazid, the Prophet ﷺ explained, it would be the ru'ya or the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the proofs of this are many and they are very clear and they are mentioned in the books of the people of Sunnah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said, and this matter is from the fundamental principles and the scholars of the early generations, they were disgusted and disliked the one who opposed this. And their disgust for those people was strong and intense. Whoever opposed the reality or the fact that the believers would see Allah in the next life. And they authored many well-known books in this regard. Uh, Imam Ahmed, he said, Whoever says that Allah, the mighty and the majestic, will not be seen in the hereafter, then he has disbelieved. The curse of Allah is upon him and Allah's anger. And he also said, or he narrated, as it was reported from Abu Dawood al-Sijistani, that is, the scholar of hadith who, whose book is called the Sunan of Abu Dawood, he said, seen is a disbeliever. Also, a few statements from amongst the scholars about this. Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi in his book Al-Aqeedah Tahawiyah, he says in point number 35, that the seeing of Allah is a fact. It is true, it is a right for the people of paradise. Without saying that they would yeah, I mean, encompass, that their vision would encompass Allah. We don't say that the vision would encompass Allah because nothing encompasses Allah. Nothing can surround Allah or know Allah completely. But we say that we would see Allah, how we would see Him, we don't know. 
And he said, this is, this thing has been mentioned in the book of our Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he said, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ That faces on that day, that is, on the day of resurrection, that both faces would be nadira, be bright and brilliant. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا Nazira, They would be looking to their Lord. They would see Him. And the explanation of the how of it is according to Allah, whatever He willed it to be and according to His knowledge, and also according to what has come, and whatever has come concerning this from the authentic hadith from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is as He said it to be, and its meaning is as He intended it to be, and we don't include or we don't discuss such things according to our opinions, explanations according to our opinions or according to our feelings or our desires. Whoever submits himself in his religion, submits himself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then he has been saved. And we return or we say that the knowledge of such things that are not clear to us, we refer back to the one who knows it. If we don't know, we don't just make our opinions about it or try to explain it according to our feelings. Besides those verses which we mentioned that the faces, they would be bright on that day of resurrection and they would be looking towards their Lord. Also, the saying that uh, for the people who did good, who believed and did good, did, did good deeds, they would have paradise and ziyada, the seeing of Allah. Uh, we also mentioned the saying of the Prophet wasallam, which is recorded in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And he said, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّكُمْ سَتَرَوْنَ رَبَّكُمْ كَمَا تَرَوْنَ هَذَا الْقَمْرَ لَا تُضَامُونَ فِي رُؤْيَتِهِ That verily, you would see your Lord, just as you see this moon. And in one narration it said, the full moon. يعني the moon that you see in the middle of the month, in the middle of the night, when it is full, and bright and clear. He said, you would see your Lord just as you see this moon without any difficulty. You would see it clearly and easily. Uh, and this seeing is, by, is real seeing by the eyes. It is not a vision of the heart or يعني, some other explanation of it. And it is the greatest of the blessings that the people would receive in the next life. Also, Al-Imam Al-Barbahari in his book, The Explanation or the explanation of the Creed, Shar Sunnah, he also says something similar to this. He says, وَالْإِمَانُ بِالرُّؤْيَا يَوْنُ الْقِيَامَةِ That we must believe in the seeing of Allah on the day of resurrection. يَرَوْنَ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ بِأَبْصَارِ رُؤُوسِهِمْ That they would see Allah, the mighty and the majestic, with the eyes that are in their heads. They would see him with their eyes. While Allah would be calling them to account. That we would see Allah without there being any screen. Or any curtain. Or anything. Any separation between us and our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there would be no translator or anyone between us. And finally. The statement of Ibn Qudama in his book Lum'atul Atiqad, he said about this that the believers will see their Lord in the next life with their eyes. Allah would speak to them and they would speak to him. 
And he mentioned some of the verses concerning this that we already mentioned. But one of them that we didn't mention is the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Mutaffifin or Mutaffifun, verse 15. The saying of Allah, كَلَّا إِنَّهُمْ عَرَّبِّهِمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَمَحْجُوبُونَ That nay, verily, those people, meaning the disbelievers, on that day, on the day of resurrection, they would be mahjubun. They would be separated or screened from their Lord. They would not see Allah. Ibn Qudama says here, when we understand from this ayah that the disbelievers whom Allah is angry with would be screened from seeing their Lord, this is an indication that the believers whom Allah is pleased with, that they would not be screened, that they would see their Lord, otherwise there would be no distinction between the believers and the disbelievers. The condition of those whom Allah is displeased with, the disbelievers, is that because of Allah's anger with them, He would punish them by making a screen between himself and them so that they would not enjoy the seeing of their Lord whereas those whom he is pleased with the believers his pleasure with them يعني, would be such that he would reward them by uh, allowing them to see him the vision of their Lord so this also is a proof that the believers would see Allah whereas the disbelievers would be screened from him and uh, also he mentions here that uh, the comparison in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said that you will see a Lord just as you see the moon or the full moon. He said that this comparison is a comparison between the sight of the human being. His vision of seeing the moon being compared to his vision of seeing Allah. His vision, the comparison is between his vision only, not between that which is seen. Meaning, there is no comparison between the thing that you see, the full moon, and the thing that we would see in the next life, Allah. There is no comparison, because there is nothing like Allah. And we do not compare anything to Allah. But the comparison in this hadith is only between the vision of the human being in seeing the moon, and the vision of the human being in seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is uh, what we wanted to say about this. And no doubt, there is much more that can be said. And there's so many statements of the scholars about this and some, so much of discussion. The main thing that we want to avoid uh, is uh, mentioning in detail the differences of opinion amongst the people who deviated so that we would not be confused. But we want to say that certainly there were people who differed in these matters and, and therefore we must know what is the correct opinion and the correct position that is based on the clear text of Qur'an and the clear statements of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the statements of his companions, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, and the statements of their students and the Imams of the Muslims who followed them. We must we must know what is the correct aqidah in these things. That no doubt, the Quran is the speech of Allah and it is not created. Whoever says other than that, then we should tell them what Allah has said and what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said, but not debate with them. And also it is a fact confirmed by the Qur'an and Sunnah and the statements of the scholars that Allah would be seen in the next life on the day of resurrection and in the paradise by the believers and He would not be seen by the disbelievers. And there are those who said that Allah would not be seen, that the seeing of Allah as mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, it means that we would see the reward of Allah. Yani whoever did good, they would get Allah's reward and that's what Allah means by seeing Allah. And other such 
يعني explanations or distortions of the Quran and the Sunnah. Those people who deviated, they said such things. We reject such statements and we follow the clear statements of the Quran and Sunnah and the explanation of the Prophet sallallahu and his companions and the scholars of the Muslims. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any questions, inshallah, we have just a few minutes before the adhan. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.